Welcome to the Rise Up Fitness Podcast, broadcast from sunny Santa Barbara, California. We're here to go back to the facts, educate you in health and fitness, and help you rise up to your full potential. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rise Up SD Podcast. Why do you always say it like that? That's the way you like to say it? That's the intro? Rise Up SD Podcast. All right. Well, it's back. You're back with the two of us again. Um, after having a little time, you got to talk to Adrian, you got to talk to Emily, you got to just listen to me yesterday. Yeah, so I guess and now you're back to your regular co-host. Regular co-host. Um, so we thought um, today we'd just do a brief hit. Um, we've talked a lot about different things in recovery in the past and nutrition and all these things, but I don't think we've actually taken an episode to just kind of boil it down to like, what is the best way to recover? So, um, it's actually a, lot a of good you... follow-up to uh, yesterday's episode, which was all about muscle soreness. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of you guys un- probably understand but um, how recovery works. But let me just kind of remind or give you a little refresher on that. So basically when we exercise, we are breaking down our body. So that's kind of weird to think about if you actually consider what you're doing. So you don't – when you exercise, you don't finish the workout thinking to yourself – damn, I just destroyed my muscles and you know I'm weaker now. What you think is, wow, I just did a really hard effort and now I'm stronger, I feel stronger. Exactly. But what the key is is that you don't actually get stronger until your body has had a chance to recover from that workout. Right. So the workout itself is not making you stronger than you were before. It's, it's actually the work that your body does to repair. Yes. So you're actually done. making yourself weaker. The easiest way is I do a hard workout I crank it up. I push it really hard. I've actually made my body weaker. Now I lay down and recover, sitting on the couch, doing my work at my desk, sleeping, and now my body is recovering. And then the next day, I potentially, hopefully, wake up stronger. Right. Or depending okay. on the How level of workout you're doing, correct? What kind of workout it is might be a couple days. Right. So that's kind of the weird thing to think about. So. When we talk about how important recovery is, recovery is not just important to make you feel better. Recovery is important because it is actually the mechanism that makes you stronger in the future. Right. Right. So when you take time to recover and you really put um, an effort into the time outside your workouts, you actually are doing yourself a really big service. So, you know, it is important to take care of yourself just as much outside of workout time as it is inside. So we kind of wanted to talk about what are the strategies, what are the things that will help you kind right. of maximize recovery in, in right. your life. And the goal to maximize recovery, no matter what you do, your body will recover unless you're in a, you know, a very sickly state, but your body will recover from whatever you put it through. The idea is, is that if you speed it up the recovery process, then you're able to make more gains. So let me give you a quick example. Right. I do a hard workout it takes my body two days to recover until I can do another hard workout. Okay. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. But if you can speed that up to, I do a hard workout and I take one day till my body is able to recover and then I can do another hard workout. You're able to do more hard workouts if you can recover more quickly. Thus, you can make greater gains. Right. And for regular people, this also just translates into, I want to be able to work out five days a week. Right now, yeah. and when I start, and this is what we recommend for almost everybody coming in to rise up, especially if you don't have a regular workout routine, is we recommend three days a week when you start, because that's going to give you a really good amount of time to recover and allow you to grow stronger so that you are able to build up to working out four times a week yep. or five times a week or whatever it is that your goal is to 
keep you mentally happy to chase physical goals, whatever it may be. And as you get stronger and as your body, um, as you get stronger, your body is actually able to recover more quickly. So that's kind of the, you know, progress we see in some people where some people in the beginning, five workouts may not actually be the best thing for you. In fact, it may be bad to try to work out five days a week if you haven't been working out in years. Right. Cause you're not going to get adequate right, recovery. So. Right. Where if for someone making progress months down the road, that's, I may actually be what they need. Exactly. Progress. So, so what is it, Kyle, that we actually can do to maximize recovery? So we, this is one, another one of those, you know, key things you hear and all this stuff. Well, you need to drink this and you need to take this and you need to have these branch chain amino acids and blah, blah, blah. You don't need to lot. drink anything blue, first of all. <laughs> first of all, do never that. drink anything blue. So the key is, is that there's lots of things that have proven to speed recovery. Okay. What have we tend- Have been proven to speed recovery? Have been proven to speed your recovery. Correct. Yes. What what we neglect, I think, is the two most important ones that actually have the greatest impact on you, okay? So this doesn't have anything to do with anything you're going to put in your system on as far as, you know... Extra stuff. Extra stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. So the biggest things are you can do is, is to, number one is sleep, okay? Above all else, anything Which else. can be one of the most challenging things to Correct. chase. I know, it's insanely challenging, but this is the number one way your body recovers, okay? And naps can do it or short rest during the middle of the day. For most of us, that's not a luxury, but really when you make the greatest benefits are when you get that natural, you know, eight hours of magic, eight hours of sleep a night, okay? So this is when your body is actually doing the repair. And when you have deep sleep, you release hormones that speed up that recovery. Right. And I know that it may seem totally impossible based on many different life situations to get eight hours of sleep a night. But if you are really trying to improve how you feel, especially, you know, in terms of working out, but also just in your life, trying to make that a priority where you do decide, you know, I won't stay up and watch that last episode of the office. I'm, you know, I'm actually going to get myself to bed. I'm going to be, you know, pay more attention to how much sleep I'm getting. To the extent that you can, that can make a huge difference. Right. And people, this is a very good question I get, which is, well, how much sleep do I need? Or I don't, I don't need eight hours of sleep. And it's like, okay. And that's, some people vary. Yes, it There's, does vary, especially as you reach adulthood. It's very different when you're a child and a teenager, but when you reach adulthood, there can definitely be variables. Variables. Absolutely. And so what I like to look at, it's, it's, it's more simple than people want to make it out to believe. Okay. So can we get around, can we get, we've all had periods in our lives probably where we like, you're a new mother or you're in college or whatever. You probably have periods where you don't get enough sleep and you manage to maintain, right? Oh, yeah. But to get adequate sleep for adequate recovery to maximize your performance, the number one thing you should be doing is you should be going to bed and being able to get up on time without setting an alarm, okay? So for a lot of you guys thinking about it, that's kind of crazy to think about. Well, oh, how would watching I watching my face. I'm like, ah. How would I wake up in the morning if I didn't set an alarm? I would never wake up. And a lot of us have to be up early, especially we have – our busiest class at Rise Up is 5.45 a.m. because we have a lot of people who need to get up, get in their workout, and then get home, get the kids up, get them dressed, get them off, get them ready for school. And or, prefer to do that in the and morning. And prefer to do it in the morning the because the, the evenings morning. are just too busy. Okay, so for those people to tell them is that you don't need to set an alarm, they're like, wait, what? So what does that and mean? There are several people who come to 5.45 regularly who I'm sure don't set alarms. There are, and there are, <laughs> and those people are getting enough sleep. And the people that literally roll in 
the minute before class starts and look like they shouldn't have driven there because they were so asleep on the way here. Do you they mean have those me when I open up the gym? That might be me. You can fake it well, though. You can you That's can act, true. Act. I am an actor. Thank That's, you. Yeah. Um, so what I say to people is, that, well, there's no way I can wake up at 5.30 a.m. without an alarm. Well, then you're not going to bed early enough. Okay. And so I've had this experience in mind because when I'm training for a serious race, I need to make sure I'm getting enough sleep. That means I'm opening the gym. That means I'm waking up at 5 or before 5 a.m. So I need to be able to wake okay, up. Okay, so long that. we're going to bed at seven thirty tonight. Well, that, that's <laughs> that's the point. Is like I got to go to bed at like right when I put my daughter to bed, so that I can or whatever it is, so that I can get up and actually do that. So I got to get up. I got to go to bed really early. So if you're, I always set an alarm. Don't get me wrong, but what I say to you is, is that you should be in that state of I've rolled over. I've kind of looked at the clock, or I'm kind of like half awake, half asleep when your alarm goes off. If you're dead to the world and you get woken up out of a dream and your alarm goes off and you have to get up, you didn't get enough sleep last night. And that's okay to have one night or one day. If that happens two days in a row, you have to change your habits and you have to go to bed earlier, okay? Does it count if your cat wakes you up? It's the same as an alarm. Were you half awake when the cat woke you up or were you not? That depends on how I consider my dreams, but that's something for another podcast. Okay, so ideally you would never, ideally you would never set an alarm. Now we don't have this luxury maybe on the weekends or whatever it is, but ideally you would never set an alarm and you would wake up on your natural body clock, okay? So if you are doing that, or like like I say to people, is, is that if, or if you that- I do, I mean, sometimes, not sometimes, I do a lot of times wake up before my alarm and Which, turn right. it off, yeah. Which is good. That's yeah. what you should be doing. You should be kind of awake in that time frame. I'm yeah, not saying, I'm not saying don't been, set an alarm. Yeah, there saying- haven't been that many nights, at least recently with, with this whole situation. That's... I have probably slept in more in the last two months than I have in a number of years. Um, but I usually wake up before my alarm. But every once in a while, I do know what you're talking about, where you just, yeah. you literally are dead, like dead, dead in the middle world. of a dream and you wake up and you don't even know where you are. And if it's more than one, that happens more than one day in a row, you got to change your habits. You have to go to bed earlier or yeah. you're going to, or you're going to miss out on recovery. Now, the, without getting into the nuances of what it is, is that people don't realize is that when we hear about the steroid era in baseball, in cycling, doping, whatever all these things were, a lot of what they're talking about is human growth hormone and testosterone. You've heard, I'm sure, if you've listened to anything on doping, you've heard about human growth hormone and testosterone. What people don't realize is those are natural occurrences in the body, and men and women both need both of those too. And so, those um, hormones that are released, those are released when you get a lot of sleep, and when you cut your sleep short, you don't. So by actually sleeping, you're getting that. It's like you're taking that synthetic hit of human growth hormone or testosterone or giving yourself more. good for you and it's, it's not cheating. Well, it, no, human growth hormone isn't bad for you. It's bad for you when you get it in excess and it's cheating, but your body right, is naturally releasing a, it. When you get it through sleep, you're not cheating and it's not bad for you. Correct. It's, it's a huge benefit. Okay. So sleep is number one. Okay? And also just like quick tips. If you're like, well, how do I go to bed earlier? I won't fall asleep. My, my main tip, which has helped me when I'm trying to be like, okay, you've been going to bed really late. Just go to bed like 10 or 15 minutes earlier every night because it makes a big, it's really hard to go to bed an hour earlier. Your body is used to something. I mean, we've all experienced this during like time changes and stuff, right? Your body gets used to something and an hour is a big period to shift that. But if you go a little bit at a time, you're like, okay, instead of going to bed at 1045, I'm going to go to bed at 1030. Right. And then by next week, I'm going to make my goal to go bed by 10, 15. And then, you know, slowly you can take it down that's to a, 10 that's or a great strategy. whatever it is. I really like that. That's a great strategy. The other strategies I use are, it's really easy to say I'm not tired when you're watching a TV program or playing on your phone yeah. or anything else. So my suggestions are 
Just lay in bed, even if you can't sleep, just say, I'm going to let here and let my muscles relax. and Or even read. Read. That's the other yeah. thing. So I was saying, if you can do that, if it's boring and you're like tossing and turning, read, okay? When you're tired, you start to fall asleep when you're reading. Not this, it, it's, it's scientifically proven that you don't have the same, it's not the same stimulus as looking at a screen. Yeah. So it's very different when you're looking at, you know, and if you have, if you're reading off an iPad or whatever else, turn into those visions where it's not the bright, you know, stimulus. Yeah. It's just the black and white and, text. Yeah, now. and almost all of um, the devices that you might use to read like that have a setting like that where and you the can, reason, it reduces yeah. the blue light emissions, which have been shown to mess with your brain signals, basically. Right, right until you're not tired. Okay, yeah. so you can't tell me when you're watching TV. You can't tell me I'm not tired because I'm watching programming. Okay, book or just chill out and relax. Yeah. Get so rid those of the are, I mean, time. and hopefully, and I know that there could be other complicating factors like your family and things like that. But you know, it's you do need to prioritize yourself, and you do need to prioritize getting you know the best recovery you can for your life. You know, regardless of your workouts. So right. Okay. Hopefully that would help you. All right. What's another thing? So that's the number one thing. The second thing is eat real food and have a healthy diet. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, we've talked a lot a bit about diet. I'm not going to get into all the details on this, but what you want to avoid is process inflammatory food in foods, foods, foods. <laughs> process inflammatory foods. Um, so you're trying to stay away from those refined carbohydrates, the sugars, um, you know, and even for a lot of people is kind of the gluten, you know, and, and what you're trying to do is if eat. you're, if you're sensitive to it and you may not know that you are, that's why elimination diets are very popular. Yeah. If you're curious, stop eating it for a couple of weeks. See how you feel. If you don't notice a difference, you're probably fine. You might notice a difference. Who knows? But more, yeah, but more importantly, that is a nutrient dense yes. diet. Okay. Put good so stuff in. Right. And, and that comes mostly in fruits. And vegetables. vegetables. Those yep. have the highest nutrient per calorie, you know, ratio you can get. So you've got to get a, excuse me, uh, hicking up here, having a hiccup here. Um, you've got to get a good variety of fruits and vegetables with good nutrients in your body. Okay. Yep. My favorite quote, which is very simple, is eat plants, not too much. Oh no, no, it's eat eat real food, mostly plants, yep. not too much, yep. and you'll be fine. Right, and you'll be fine. Um, and so the other thing I'd recommend is, and so now we're talking about having, oh, do I need a recovery shake? Do I need protein powder? Do I need, um, you know, this branch chain amino acids powder? Do I need whatever? All of those things are in that you're trying, that they're trying to mimic are in real food. They're trying to, it's, it's a sales pitch and they're trying to get it for people who are a want to believe that this is the new thing that's going to make me recover or B are too lazy to eat real food. And so the number one thing is you have to eat real food. The more I hang around high level and professional athletes, and these are endurance athletes that depend on how well they race for their livelihood, their performance, if they can get a paycheck, if they can get a sponsorship, they eat, they take very little things in the form of supplements and foods. And I'm not talking with the exception of feeling drinks and bars and things while they are racing, but otherwise while they're racing at night in the morning, most are not big supplement. They're not crazy. Yeah. Broccoli on the is not the greatest thing to eat while you're in the middle of a marathon. Probably not. So, but these, these are things too. And if we, when we talk about this, we don't mean to sound high and mighty and like a, everybody should be eating this way. And if you're not, you're being lazy. That's not the point. No, this, this is, is how you maximize your performance. This is how you maximize your performance. This is the, how you do good things for your body. And sometimes that does take more slightly more effort. It takes a couple hours on Sunday to prepare your veggies for the week. I'm not discounting that those two hours are important to you or to anybody, but it's again, a question of, okay, well, 
this might make my life, you know, deciding to prioritize this in my life might create another small set of tasks for me, just like trying to go to bed earlier, just like, you know, trying to fit your workout in, but it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. And one of the ways that it's going to be worth it is by helping you maximize the time that you take off from working out. Right. And so that's that. Now we can get into a lot of other things. That's not to say other things don't matter. And people say, you know, well, I need, you know, calcium or I need this or I need these supplements or doesn't this help me, you know, reduce X, Y, and Z. And the, the truth of the matter is, is that you need to know on your profile what it is. So if you think you're deficient in something, the best thing to do is to contact your physician mm-hmm. and say, I feel like I'm having this or I'm a deficient in this. Would I be able to get a, you know, a blood test to analyze, you know, what it is? What right. Having, if right? you're worried about being deficient in yep. a, in a, any, anything that you think you need, you need to talk to and, your doctor. And most of the doctors will label that as preventative care and you won't even be charged for it is what I've found recently. Depending on what it is, if you want crazy blood tests, of course they might. There might be something, but most of the time it's not. And every time I've had these kind of blood tests, it shows that I'm, you know, having sufficient, you know, you know, I'm sufficient in the areas I need to be without taking any kinds of supplements. Okay. Now, if you're deficient in certain areas, then a supplement could be beneficial or necessary. Yep. But and that's not yeah. something that, without a test, I feel that you should just be taking. Yeah, right? it's Unless a good it's conversation a to have with your doctor, and that's why right. they put that on all those bottles. They have to. They're legally required to say if you, you know, before you start any fill in the blank program, you should consult with your physician because you should if you're concerned. Right. Um, and that's not, okay. So and yeah, and if you if you really have a good relationship with your physician, they'll be honest with you. You right. know, when I when I moved to Scotland in college, she was like, "Look, with how much sunscreen you wear and the weather there, you need to take vitamin D while you're there." And I was like. Okay. But it was a good like conversation that right. we had that came from my doctor as opposed to me like Googling and being like, should I order yeah. a bunch of pills from Amazon? I no. need to be taking vitamin D because someone told me. Yep. Because I read it somewhere. It was a headline right. somewhere, you know. Okay. Well, so with that being said, those are the major two that probably makes up honestly like 80% of your recovery, mm-hmm. 80, 90% of your recovery. And my guess is most people who are doing all the other things are deficient in one of those two. So let's say you have those two nailed. I'm going to list off. I'm not going to go into depth. I'm going to list off other things you can do, be doing. I'm a big fan of foam rolling, self-massage, massage for recovery. That's yeah, we help. talked a little bit about, or I talked a little bit about that in the yeah, the Soreness podcast. Yes, and those things will absolutely help. But again, not as big a bang for your buck as sleep. And now, now there's other things. Injury prevention is different than recovery. Okay, right. So what I'm talking about. So. Part of foam rolling and stretching and those things is injury prevention. I'm not speaking to injury prevention here. I'm serious. I'm only talking about the time it takes your muscles to recover from the workout. Okay? Right. So there's other benefits to like foam rolling and massage and that type of thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's another big one. Knowing if you are deficient in certain areas and taking certain, you know, supplements can be, like I said, can improve recovery. You have to know what they are. Okay. So I think that that's a good thing. Right. I mean, basically, if your body's not functioning the way that it was designed to because there's something missing, right. then you need to fill in what's missing. Right. Staying hydrated is important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lots of water. And making sure you have the sufficient calories to fuel your workout is important in a good way, meaning you're not starving yourself um, and you're eating at kind of the uh, quote unquote appropriate times. Now, it's nothing magical, but if you do a hard workout and then you wait two or three hours afterwards to eat anything, that could delay recovery. Okay. It won't ruin your life. Won't but ruin it could your life. Delay recovery. And I, there's times when I do it too. It's not as important as the other two things I mentioned, but let's say I finish a hard workout. I know I'm not going to eat for, have a meal for a little while. I might down a banana. 
you know, I might eat a, in a handful of nuts. Yeah, something give your like body that. a little bit of boost Snack. and energy there. So, but if bit. you 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 know, by the same token, if you have to drive home after your workout, it's okay. You don't have right. to eat in the car. You'll right. be okay. And I've heard things like Normatec boots. Those are those recovery boots that you put oh, in your the legs that squeeze. Ones? Yeah. Again, that's just another form of it's the same idea as foam rolling or massage. Are they great? Cool. Yeah. Might they help a little bit? Same with compression socks. Great. Yeah. Is there any well, negative sides? Well, in terms sides? of workouts, not in terms of flying and things like that. Well, yeah. So, so what I'm saying is, is those things are great. They're not the end all be all. So right. if you haven't nailed nutrition and you haven't nailed sleep, you don't need to spend $1,500 on a pair of recovery boots. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm getting at. Okay. Let's save you some money. Let's here. save you I some mean, money. Come on. These are tough And then times. we get a lot of questions about ice baths and the cryo, you know, cryotherapy, you know, thing. Again, for an elite athlete who's nailed everything else and everything like else Austin I'm talking Towers about. Did? Yep. <laughs> Frozen. No, you've seen these chambers. You go in and it's like yeah, negative yeah, 20 yeah, degree it. air and they yep. just freeze you. Could that potentially help your muscles recover a little bit? There's mixed research on cryo, you know, cryotherapy um, chambers and also on ice baths. On Does it help? Do ice baths and those things reduce inflammation? Yes. But inflammation is also blood flow and that's also good to speed recovery. So there's research to go both yeah, ways. There, there has been a lot of research because it's been such a traditional thing for so long. It's like right. you see athletes always dunking at ice baths after their workouts and They've started to question whether that and the, yeah. is really worth it. Not that it's going to do any damage, but whether it's, is that is actually really giving helping? you the bang yeah. for your buck of dunking into a tub of ice water? And that used, just to give you the, the University of Oregon is the biggest, uh, best running school has been for decades and the most prominent and has basically attracts the best athletes. Okay. It's for it's, running, you mean? For running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And track and field. And they were big on ice baths for years. And in recent times, they've gotten rid of ice baths only in the times of, um, athletes that are trying to recover quickly between, uh, competitive events. Yeah. So, so they you, don't, they don't do, ice bath on a regular basis. Anymore. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense if you were, and this is the same thing we did in ballet. If you have to perform again yep. and things are inflamed, like two days in a row. you have to calm them down. And that's just part of pushing through it. But that also might not be to your benefit in terms of actual recovery and strength gains. It might be well, you need to compete right now, or you need to get on stage right now. And so we have so, to figure yeah. this out, but and, it's not like in the long run, and we're getting into nuances. Help, you know? So yeah. if you, and again, if you haven't nailed sleep and you haven't nailed nutrition, um, I wouldn't be spending, you know, hundreds of dollars on sessions for, you know, cryotherapy or yeah. even money to fill your bathtub with ice so you can do ice baths. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. So well, hopefully that gives you a start. I think it's definitely, it is a super nuanced topic and there's a ton of research on it. Right. Um, that's still, you know, being conducted ongoing. That's really interesting so, to hear about. So. Yeah. And let me just be clear, those you know, recovery modalities that we talked about, all those other ones, they're not bad. They're not no, going to no, hurt no. you. They're, I'm they're not, not discounting them. Yeah. And th- not that you shouldn't be doing them. I'm just specifically saying this is that if you want the most bang for your buck, Focus on sleep, focus on nutrition. When you have those two dialed in, then the other ones become more important. Right. It's like you want to get 80 to 90% of these things that can help you. And then if it's the boots add another 2% and you're seriously competitive and you need that 2%, that's something else to consider. And it would be, I'd be shocked if it was 2%, but I understand the point what you're saying. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, that's another one for today. Hopefully you enjoy it and we'll see you in a moment. Bye.